This is Aussie Mac Zone. We'll cover everything Apple, including Macs, iPhones, iPads, and more. All this from an Aussie perspective. Sit back, relax, insert yourself into the zone. The Aussie Mac Zone. Hi everybody, welcome to show 341 Aussie Mac Zone. How cool is that, 341? Um, tonight we've got Zahn. How are you, Zan? I'm great, Michael. How are you? Very good, thank you. Uh, Karen said hi, guys. Zan said, Aussie Max Zone, hello all. That was a sharer. I'm assuming it was you. It says yes. sharer. <laughs> yeah, it's me. It says Aussie Max Zone, hello all. So yeah. I'm coming through as Aussie Max Zone. Excellent. Yes. Uh, so our Aussie Apple ramblings this week are... Uh, there we go. Just waiting for the Tolly prompter to get. Here we go. Hey. And we're not a big dollar unit. The Tolly prompter <coughs> part of me is my iPad connected to my Mac via a phone, <laughs> like the phone cable. And then you um, put QuickTime Player on and say, go record new movie. And then you choose the iPad as the camera. And in pages on the iPad, there's a thing called presenter mode and that's where it works as a teleprompter where it just rolls up the screen at whatever speed you let it go so story number one morning apple suddenly catches tiktok security spying on millions oh sorry secretly spying on millions of iphone users Forbes reports apple has fixed a serious problem with ios 14 due in the fall where apps can secretly access the clipboard on users devices once the new OS is released, users will be warned whenever an app reads the last thing copied to the clipboard. As I warned earlier in the year, this is more than a theoret theoretical risk for users, with countless apps already caught abusing the privacy in this way. As reported on June 23, Apple has fixed a serious problem in iOS 14, where apps can secretly access... Uh, yeah, that's the same story stuck in there twice for some reason. So, yeah, that was from Forbes. Yeah. And with iOS 14, it actually tells you what the app, this app's doing. And this one's TikTok, which lots and lots of people use. And yeah. obviously it's uh, reading and, and other, other apps do it because they've got access to the last thing that was on your clipboard. Yeah. So, yeah, just be aware, anyone that uses TikTok, I'm not one, so... Yeah, I don't use TikTok either. No. Now, Google announces a major new privacy improvement. Yeah, uh, this is cool, hey? Yeah. Yeah. Talk Android is saying earlier last week, the CEO of Google, Sundar Pichai, announced changes being made to the way Google handles your privacy. Mainly, how long the, <laughs> pardon me, how long they will keep your information and what you can do about it. Pachaya says, we focus on three important principles, keeping your information safe, treating it responsibly, and putting you in control. The changes Google is making will do exactly that, and today we'll explain the details on how to do it. So the Google privacy improvements. Essentially, Google has made it easier for location history, voice history, and web activity to be deleted. Uh, it used to be that 
uh, as a Google user, you would need to go into your account and delete any history manually to keep them from storing your data. Google has now set the default for new accounts, as well as those who enable location history and web activity to auto-delete your information after 18 months. Pachai informed users that if they already had location history, web and app activity turned on, Google wouldn't be changing those in your account. Instead, they will take extra measures with emails and reminder notifications to keep you informed of your new options. Now, while the new default will be 18 months, it doesn't have to stay that way. If you'd like to continue receiving the relevant ads and suggestions based on your web or location activity, you can actually turn this off entirely. Or if you want Google to store your data for even less time, you can set it to uh, as low as three months. Now, this is my opinion. Yeah. Uh, While we Apple people accept we borrowed a lot from the Android OS in last week's iOS 14 announcements. Oh, absolutely. Like widgets (laughs) on the home screen. Yeah. It's good to see Android users getting some control slash privacy in their life as well. Exactly. Uh, It seems like a a pretty good, you know, sort of share, share situation, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. They're getting the, um, the privacy that they so readily need and deserve. Yep. And uh, we got some cool widgets. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, so as long as they keep for, <coughs> pardon me, forcing each other <laughs> to do things. Yeah. Yeah, definitely makes a difference. So we've got some gaming. We do. Actually, so, yeah. um, yeah, so it says, um, this is from um, The Verge. It's, um, Apple is getting serious about iPad gaming with better gamepad and keyboard support. A lot of gaming-focused features are coming to iPad and Apple TV. The Verge tells us Apple is greatly improving the gaming uh, support in uh, iOS 14, iPadOS 14, and uh, TVOS. The biggest addition uh, are support for controller button remapping, um, haptics, rumble, motion, and even the ability to properly use keyboard and mouse for iPad gaming. Game developers and players have long been asking for zone-based rumble and um, haptic support, and it's finally coming later this year. Developers will be able to program feedback into their games so players can feel specific things like uh, recoil from guns or explosions Apple is also planning to support some controllers with motion input, like Sony's DualShock 4 controller. This includes support for light bar, allowing Apple developers to change the color uh, of the light on the controller when a health bar decreases, or uh, for example, touchpad services on the DualShock 4 will also be available to to game developers with two fingers. Tracking, as well as support for the touchpad buttons. So there's a link in the, the notes there that'll give you all that sort of stuff. This is really cool. Like I know uh, I've been playing uh, my games now on my Apple TV because it just seems a little bit easier with my Xbox controller. Yeah. Um, the games are uh, a little bit more uh, manageable. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's because I am a console gamer, so I do like the feel of a controller. I, you know, people can, you know, tell me otherwise. I'm happy to take any criticism and uh, go with it. I'll have to make um, a um, 
a phone holder that goes on your shoe. So when yep. you're laying down in your lounge, yeah, and it holds your phone at, at, on, oh, yeah, on your yeah. shoe, so it looks like a full screen sort of thing anyway. <laughs> <laughs> and then you've got your controller. <laughs> That's fantastic. <laughs> I, um, you heard it here first. That's right. <laughs> Look, I, I really think this is great. Uh, you can see that Apple are really sort of uh, rolling with Arcade and they really want it to work. Yes. Um, you know, it's important that it does work because there's nothing better than being able to go from the train to come home to play the same game. Yeah. And um, I, I'm, or, you know, I've got... <laughs> Thanks, Spider-Man. <laughs> so I have a... Can't turn this thing off. Can't turn this thing off. And it's in the lounge. Uh, yeah, where I'm doing my podcast. That's <laughs> that. Yeah. Yep, excellent. That's going to go all the way over there now. <sighs> <laughs> The other morning, I got up and walked out to make a coffee. And it goes, get ready to get caught in these webs. <laughs> I'm like, gay Spider-Man ever. I shouldn't say that. I, I, I have nothing against the gay people, of course. And uh, it was camp as hell. And um, it also scared the absolute buggery out of me. <laughs> so, you were yeah. going to get webbed. That's right. Anyway. Back to gaming. Uh, um, so, story two is uh, Beyond the Steel Sky launches in Apple Arcade with PC on the way. But yeah, no, it's, it's not exclusive. That's right, it's not exclusive. But the thing is, too, I think uh, Apple buying the rights or the first rights to this game is important because it was a great game back in the day. Yeah. And uh, then, pardon me, I'm so sorry, I've only, oh, I apologise, I shouldn't be drinking soft drink before um, the show, it always does this to me. Um, it was such a great game back in the day, and now for them to, to relaunch it and allow Apple to have, you know, sort of first rollout of it is fantastic. Uh, it will be on PC, and I'm sure it will come to consoles later on. Um well, if it's going to PC, I know that Microsoft will then, you know, be able to access it to, mm -hmm. and give it access to Xbox anyway. Um, so anyway, Revolution so Software has finally released Beyond a Steel Sky for Apple Arcade this week, as the game will be coming to PC in July. If you're not familiar with the game, this is a trip back in time from a lot for a lot of '90s comic book fans as you get to step back inside Union City for the first time in a long time. Since the dystopian cyberpunk adventure Beneath a Still Sky was released back in 1994, the company worked with um, creator Dave Gibbons on bringing the comic to life and continuing the story in the new 3D adventure title, complete with some of the same characters, locations and humour from the original publication. You can play it on Apple Arcade right now and it is available right now. Mm -hmm. I haven't had a chance to play it yet, but uh, next week I will have 
and we'll, I'll be doing a review on the game. Yeah. Um, so it's yeah, it's available right now, and it'll be available with Steam release coming in July. You can check out a trailer, which is available for everybody to look at, and uh, a couple of comments from the company's CEO and Gibbons himself uh, below. So that again, the links there, if you want to check it out. Yeah, in I, the show notes. Uh, yeah, in the show notes. Uh, I think you should. It looks amazing. I can't wait to get my hands on it and um, yeah, and play it. So um, please, if you play it this week, leave comments on our Facebook page and uh, let me know what you think. Um, I really want to hear from everybody about this game because it's a pretty big launch. Um, and again, I'll be talking about it next Monday. So um, if we get those comments in this week, yeah. um, I'll add them to uh, what I've got to say. Excellent. So uh, that's gaming for me this week, Michael. Yeah. Um, yeah, again, I hope um, everyone gets to play this. Um, I think it's great that we're, you know, sort of getting this sort of stuff on the iPad as well. Uh, with the, the keypads and everything like that. It's going to yeah. be fantastic. Um, I know you've got some stuff for entertainment, so uh, let's hear it. Yeah, so a little bit of entertainment. Uh, Blackpink breaks YouTube's 24-hour viewing record. In Gadget Reports... BTS's YouTube viewership record has been broken over a year later, although it might not surprise you to hear who managed the feat. Variety reports that K-pop band Blackpink managed to break the record for the most views in 24 hours, <coughs> pardon me, racking up 82.4 million views for its new How You Like That music video, Versus BTS's 74.6 million for Boy With Love. It might also be the fastest to 100 million views, having attained 94 million in 30 hours. Wow. And it was nearly 104 million as of the writing a couple of days ago. Wow, yeah. Yeah. K-pop's crazy, hey? That, yeah. I can't believe how crazy that is. But um, for your information, for those mm. oldies... BTS is a Korean boy band. That's right, they are. And Blackpink is a Korean girl band, I suppose. Is that what you call it? No, Blackpink's also a boy band, I'm pretty sure. Nah. No. Nah. There was four girls on the picture. Oh, well, yeah, as a girl. So, um, K-pop's huge, like Korean uh, yeah. pop. It's just massive. It's going off at the moment. Uh, I remember SBS were doing uh, Saturday morning... Um, k-pop yeah um videos and stuff like that and we couldn't understand a word of it but we just play it because you know it was hilarious <laughs> and fun to watch yeah yeah and um like you still do actually i like you do understand some of it because some of it is in english and then some of it's in korean, in korean. Yeah. yeah yeah and um most of the songs are sort of half half and but it, it was, it's great yeah it's so funny yeah. and um on netflix uh if you guys have been watching um somebody feed phil who is one of the writers from Everyone Loves Raymond. He's done a whole bunch of other stuff as well. Yeah. His wife's also in Everyone Loves Raymond as the older brother Robert's wife and girlfriend mm-hmm. uh, in the show. Um, but but he's now got his own Netflix series, uh, Somebody Feed Phil, where he travels around the world uh, finding amazing food. And he goes <laughs> to uh, Korea 
and meets uh, some K-pop people. And uh, one of the guys who's a massive K-pop fan, a uh, massive K-pop artist over there, is actually American, mm. Korean, or Canadian Korean, one of the two, I can't even remember. Um, came back to um, Korea to study something. I, you know, I can't remember the full story. But ended up doing some music uh, while he was studying and got a deal. And uh, he rang his mum and said, uh, I'm going to stay here. I've got a, you know, a, a record deal. And his, her mom, his mum was just like, oh, that's horrible. Why are you doing this? You're not good enough. You can't sing. <laughs> like all Korean, good Korean mums do. They, you know, no, no, you're not a doctor or a lawyer. Yeah, it's that's not right. good enough. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, just, uh, just the way he said it. And his mum's still now, even though he's, you know, a multi-million, well million, yeah, yeah, dollar <laughs> K-pop artist. It's just, it's not, no, you're not a doctor or a lawyer. It doesn't matter what you do. <laughs> work harder yeah that's right (laughs) (laughs) so yeah anyway Um, now more entertainment yep I've got a typo on this one but Julia Zemiro's Home Delivery which is an Australian ABC show yes uh, on this week this week's episode she is taking Atlassian now a big player in enterprise software co-founder Scott Farquhar around his old haunts. So he's an Australian guy from Castle Hill in Sydney and um, he's the co-founder of this company called Alassian and they make um, Jira and they, they, well, they own Jira, they own Trello, they own, there's uh, Con, Conquest, Con, Conquest, something like that. Um, they make all this software for big big companies Trello is free for example you can use it for like um it's like putting post-it notes on a wall for example and yep. organizing your holidays and stuff for your family and your family can log in and do some put suggestions up there and stuff like that just to give you an idea so that's uh abc wednesday 8 p.m uh and of course there's links in the show notes and what I oh, now also on it's not in the notes here, but on Apple TV this afternoon I watched Dads. Now oh. I, I thought this was going to be little, like little blocks of different people. Yeah, it was actually a movie length show of all the all these different dads from around the world being interviewed. That's so, cool. Some we know, some some you don't know. Yeah, because it's their Father's Day, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, ours isn't yet, but there's, yeah. I know theirs is a little earlier. And this was actually directed and and stuff by uh, one of Ron Howard's kids. Oh, awesome! And they had Ron Howard's dad on it as well. Oh, Ron, well, I didn't even know. Well, wow. like talking, Ron Howard's dad was talking about how he made a suggestion for the uh, the Andrew Griffith show when like Ron Howard was first. A little kid in the Andy Griffiths show when yep. Andy Griffiths was the sheriff in town, you know, like, yep, yep, yep. and he made a suggestion and they took it on board over lunch and then went from there. Um, how they were going to depict Ron Howard in the show. Oh, um, yeah, and all these things about what makes a dad a dad. Um, there was one guy who uh, ended up being the stay at home dad and like after a, just after a little while, he started filming the kids and like, yeah, 
or doing all these things and then started putting it online and just went like how he became famous doing that and how the kids and you know he shows the kids eating being good shows the kids being bad just to help yep. fathers along let them know that they're yep. not they're not alone yeah <laughs> wanting to kill their kids occasionally you know? I, I think that, I think these things are great for dads yep uh, and they're also very important you know because I think as dads there isn't the the groups you know that offer camera keeps going funny I don't know why um because you want to have the, focuses on. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, how you got your mother groups and yeah, yeah, baby meat groups and all that sort of yeah, stuff. There's not, yeah. there's not. Well, there's um, one one Japanese guy in there who was sick for a little while, and then he convinced yeah. his wife to have a kid. And now they've got the the secret father society because it's not not a real big thing in Japan for fathers that like to have stay at home farms. They yeah. said it's not really secret, just. When you're in Japan, something that's secret's really cool. <laughs> they call it the Secret Father Society or something. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, that's really cool. Um, <laughs> yeah, so I'm on a page on Facebook. It's just a Penrith Dad's page. Yeah, and it's the same sort of thing, you know. We just share stuff about our kids, and you know, talk about you know the sort of the trials and tribulations of being a dad. Yeah, <laughs> and. Um, but it's good to know other dads, you know, that are doing the same sort of stuff and trying to be the best dads they can be, you know, but understand that in this day and age, it's okay to talk about it. You yeah. know, it's okay yeah. to, you know, you don't have to bottle all that stuff up and, you know, like yeah. but worry, we, worry by yourself. Like Karen and I, one of the guys that we used to work with years ago, um, end up being a stay at home dad. Yeah. His missus was earning more than he was. So yeah. He, he, was quite happy staying at home. Yeah. Yeah, so... I think I'd be all right at it if I you know, had to do it, you know. I'd stay at home. It's not having um, to do it. It's choosing to do it. That's what I mean. If Kellyanne was making more money or, or something like that, then, you know, and we could afford to do that, yeah. then I'm sure I'd be a pretty good stay-at-home dad. Yeah. You know, I... Um, and, and that's I what's good about this dad's movie. Um, it's... It talks about why you're the stay-at-home dad, and um, you know, by choice or not by choice, you know, yeah, yeah, and, and how sharing's good, and just, yeah. yeah, it's all of those little things, all that up it was really good, Excellent. very, very good, funny, sad, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. What about this? This will make you happy. This one. Because oh, yeah, you were picking on it from the beginning. I was. I knew. <laughs> I knew it though. Like anything made by, no offence to the Australian government, of course, because they're loyal and trustworthy. Um, you know, <laughs> straight, straight. <laughs> uh, but I knew this wasn't going to work. Like they can't even get our, you know, our internet security right. What makes them think they could build something like this? You know. But anyway, go ahead. Tell the story. Okay. Australia's <laughs> much-hyped contact tracing app, a terrible failure. SMH.com.au reports when Australia's $2 million COVID-safe tracing app was launched just over two months ago, it was met with some trepidation over privacy, but also enthusiasm. Within days of its release, <laughs> pardon me, <coughs> millions of people downloaded it onto their smartphone. 
It promised to identify users who had been in close proximity with one another for an extended period of time to help in contact tracing. The labour-intensive process of finding every person who may have been exposed to an infected person. The app could save time and possibly lives. Now, while it initially got the backing from some of Australia's leading technology experts for protection of private data, some obvious technical shortcomings were also identified. The app did not work very effectively running in the background or if the phone was locked. Testing data provided to the Senate revealed that its effectiveness, particularly on Apple phones, was an ongoing issue. In late May, it worked only 25 to 50% of the time in locked iPhone-to-iPhone testing, while on Android phones, there were major problems sharing data with iPhones. Now, these technical issues are not just glitches. As reported in the Sun-Herald, despite it having been downloaded by more than 6 million people, the app has not identified one close contact of a person infected with COVID-19 who had not already been found through manual contact tracing. That's right. By any, any measure, this is a terrible failure. Now, admittedly, we're only two months in of what might be um, you know, 20 months worth of... Oh, yeah, know, very long stay. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, be fair, they're still getting it. But... Uh, look, why, yeah, like, so I, didn't, I haven't downloaded the app. Clearly, we all know that I haven't downloaded the app because I just think it's a joke. Um, things, you know... Just listen to the report. I'm not far from it. Um, but it's I've got it's there on in the background on my phone anyway. Yeah. So I don't have to download it because the government's already put it on the phone. So what did they put it on your phone? So if you go in, right? I can't do it right now. Um, you can go go into settings. Yeah. And I think it's. Oh, I can't remember where to go in, but the COVID app is there. It's in the background on all iPhones. No. Guarantee it. <laughs> I absolutely 100% no. guarantee it. I can't be it. on there without you putting it on there. Absolutely. 100% <laughs> guarantee it's there. So we'll live in disagreement. All right. I can prove it to you if you like. Do you want to do it? Right now, live, I can prove it to you. Yep. Go for it. Yep. Great. All right. I'm happy. <laughs> two seconds. I'll keep reading while you get it yeah, ready, all right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, there are promising developments in a combined app. Apple and Google have released tracing technology that vows to work more seamlessly on Android and iPhones. And the Australian government has said it is looking at whether it could be used locally. Of course, it can be used locally. Now, the recent surge of infections in Victoria has starkly demonstrated that large outbreaks can never be ruled out until a vaccine is discovered. In months ahead, an effective tracing app could make a real difference in combating those outbreaks. At the moment, Australia does not have Australia does not have that. It's time the government owned up to that and set a path forward for doing so, and it can rectify the problem. So we found. Can you walk me through? Yeah. Uh, just where I go into settings. To find the COVID app. Okay, so I'm going to go into my settings now. You can do this too if you like. Yeah, I am. I'm going to go into where is it? Health. Uh, I'm just trying to find health. Yeah. Um, 
Profile, mm. ID, data access and devices. Yeah, yeah. Privacy, that's right. Privacy. Yeah, then privacy, health. then health, sorry. Okay. And settings. Privacy. Go settings, privacy. go into privacy, then go into health. health. Yeah. COVID-19 exposure logging. You have to have the app, that's right. You have to have the app as well. But this yeah. here, I can turn it on. I'll just, I'm just going to turn my phone around to the screen. No, because we haven't got the apps in Australia. You can turn it on, it works. Uh, yeah, but it needs an app. Just turning it on. Yeah. Exposure longing, active, active app. No installed apps. That's what mine says. Mine says when when enabled, iPhone can extend. Yeah, no, no. Yes, I agree with that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But touch where it says off, like that arrow on the right hand side. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It takes you to another one where you turn the exposure logging on. Yeah. Which it doesn't turn on. You yep. cannot turn on exposure logging without an authorised app installed that can send exposure notifications. So you can't turn it on. I thought you could turn it on. Nah. The other day I turned it on. No way. Because you haven't got, there's no app in Australia. Yeah. In the Australian Apple Store that will go on there. Because mm. we don't have an Apple Google exposure app. That's there, uh, so uh, it's no, ready no, no. for us. Yeah. <laughs> When we get an, an Apple Google exposure, oh, no, yeah. I promise. I promise. Yeah, I, I apologize. No, you're right. I'm pointing it out. It's nearly yep. there. Yep. And it's ready, which is great. Yep. That that Apple have already put it in. They put that. I think it was thirteen point four. Yep. Um, I noticed it there. I noticed yeah, it in the update. Yeah. So it's it's ready. Yep. To to be turned on as soon as we get a Apple Google app. That yeah. works. They were talking about the Apple Google app uh, a few shows ago. Yeah. About them working together yeah. to, to make this app. Yeah. Germany's doing it, I think, now. Um, yeah. England's Look, still thinking about it. Um, yeah. France is still thinking about it. I think it's a great idea. Like, and, and if Apple Google have built the app and it hasn't just been made by some bozo in a, you know, a computer lab. No, nah, it's not even a government app. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's yeah, you know, so it's saying, yeah. you know, like um, so I would happily I would happily get it, but it's there ready to go. That's uh, in the that's, background. That, that yeah. part only tells you that you've been um so when when the doctor said turn turns this thing on that says this person's been exposed, yeah. That goes out to your phone. Everybody's phone who's who's got this little tracing thing going. Yeah. Has he been in touch with him? No? Okay. Boom. Yeah. Has he been in touch? Yes? Okay. So then it puts a thing, a message up on your screen that you've been exposed. Yeah. That's the way it works. There we go. There we Thank go. You. That's right. I knew. That's I right. knew. I'm, I found glad, it. I'm, like... I'm glad you brought it up. Yeah. Give us a chance to explain it. See, one of the things I'll comment about in, in uh, for the Melbourne situation at the moment yeah. is because like, there's an issue with the family all getting sick, right? They're all keeping their their distance. 
like yep. the two meter rule, blah blah blah. But they were handing around a cigarette lighter, oh. and they believe some of it happened from the. They're thinking some of it happened from the cigarette lighter. Simple oh, as wow. that. Even now you're wow. keeping your distance and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. But something you've touched and that per, another person's touched and another person's touched. Know, and... I don't even know how to keep distance of my own in my work. Like, seriously, children don't have any distant rules. No. <laughs> they don't. They just don't know how to keep a distance. Like, they're, they're all too busy talking about, you know, who said this and who said that and boyfriend, girlfriend. Like, <laughs> yeah, teenagers suck. <laughs> they're hilarious that's, that's one of the things that came up in the dad's movie was yeah. working through to the teenage years and then just shooting yourself <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah totally <laughs> um, no, they're actually they're really funny to listen to uh, I, I, I love it <laughs> it's so much. I remember being that age and how important all this stuff was to me as well yeah. you know and uh, how no one else had could ever understand how I felt, you know, and um, yeah, you just uh, looking looking at them now and realizing, you know, I was the same and everything. You're just like, oh man, <laughs> yeah, okay, well, you, you poor things. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's like how how to bring up kids, right? And will I, um, Will Smith, yeah, was in the dancing, and he was saying he was sitting there. He'd written like a thousand page manual for his new picture in picture TV that he'd gotten. Yeah. When his wife's water broke, blah, 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 blah. Gone hospital, everything's cool. Bring the baby home. He says, yeah. That's when it hit me. They give me a thousand page manual for my picture in picture TV and nothing for my kids. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what to do. Yeah. Like, what are you meant to do? Like, I've got three boys and I have absolutely no idea. And I think I'm doing pretty well. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> you know, but every day is a new challenge. Yep, and you've just got to make sure that you remember that you love them. Yeah, and that they're just trying to get through day to day the same as you are. Yep. So, <laughs> <laughs> and the teenagers. And the, and the, and the, the only difference is, is like they depend on you. Like they depend on you so much, and so you can't lose it. You, you know, you can't lose it. You know, you, you crap and you can't get mad because they depend on us. Yeah. And so you've got to be their, their guiding light yes. to do what's right and wrong. Yeah. No, cool. Yeah. So we've got more good news. So a 17-year-old Aussie app clue. developer joins with Apple executives Tim Cook and Lisa Jackson. Do you want to take it? Yeah. Yeah, sure. One of the features of Apple's annual uh, WWDC uh, is this, uh, the Student Scholarship Program, which sees hundreds of young aspiring app developers win a trip to the event in California. Despite the event moving to an online-only format in 2020, the student competition was conducted again with thousands of aspiring developers around the world submitting app ideas uh, to the judges. 10 young Australian uh, ranging in age from 13 to 19 were chosen as winners. Each of them will take part in the various sessions during this week's learning uh, new skills relating to their um, interests uh, area within Apple uh, ecosystem. Prior to the operation, uh, the opening keynote yesterday morning, 
one young Aussie was chosen as uh, chosen as one of the just 14 developers from around the world to join a virtual gathering with Apple's vice president of uh, environment policy and social initiatives, Lisa Jackson. During the video call, 17-year-old Iran. Trainer, yeah, yeah, Trainer presented the first major app he'd completed and shared his desire to be an Apple software engineer. He says, I can't imagine a future where I'm not building apps for Apple devices. Uh, Ewan, Ewan, yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah. Ewan from Adelaide told the group. Yeah, so so the, yeah, yeah. the show notes are there. Yeah, while while yeah. they were having that uh, discussion with Lisa Jackson, yeah, uh, Tim Cook came on as well. So they all got the bonus of having Tim Cook there as well for a little while. No, imagine Just, that. Yeah, how cool would that be for you? I know. Like, you know. <laughs> I know. Like you're there just talking. Not only are you talking to Lisa Jackson, you know, yeah. like clearly she's a you know a big wig, and that that's amazing. You know, yes. you'd be in awe. And then, you know, Tim Cook comes in and he's just like, hey, guys, you know, <laughs> just sitting back listening to what you have to say about developing apps. Yeah. You know, and uh, I, I love that. I love this about Apple, the, the, the community uh, spirit and, and um, again, how you treat children. Yeah. You know, yeah. and how you, they, they know that the, these kids are our future and uh, only supporting them will bring out their best. Yeah. So, yeah. Yep. Well done. Well done, Apple. Now, iPad OS 14. Michael, I personally have been using the iPad OS 14 beta on my iPad without any issues. Awesome. Um, it appears to be a super stable uh, release. And the new scribble feature for the pen is really accurate, even with my crappy handwriting. Oh, yeah, cool. All my software still works, even some yeah. older stuff. Like I've got an old um, video, bit of video software that yeah. works. Now, this got me excited and was about to put the beta of Mac OS on my main Mac yeah. until I read Apple's list of current issues, mm. which was pretty long. So I'll, I'll probably wait until the public beta sometime next month before yeah. I do that. But yeah, it's been really stable. Everyone I listen to on podcasts and stuff that have already been installing it on their f- iPads, their phones, their Macs, yep, their Apple TVs. How staying, saying how stable it's been. Like there's not, there's yeah, there are little issues, and your phone or your iPad might run a little bit hotter or yep. a little bit slower, but it's not crashing all the time and that sort of stuff. Yeah, um, yeah. There was one bit. One of my stories was um, uh, one of the guys from Mac Power uses Dave Spark. He he uses a thing called Keyboard Maestro all the time, and when he goes in just to change the name of a script that he makes, yeah, Keyboard Maestro crashes. So it's going to be. We imagine that'll probably be an easy fix for the guys at Keyboard Maestro. But it is a beta, don't worry. Yeah. And he was talking about last year. He was there to sit next to a an app developer that he knows, and we're talking like. An hour and a half after the the 
beta software has been released at the keynote like they do. Yep. And he showed, the, the app developer shows him an email message from an irate user of the guy's app. So the guy's put the beta software on his device. Yep. Then worked out that a bit of, that we're talking an hour and a half. Like the guy hasn't even had a chance to look at it because yeah. of what happens at WWDC. And this guy's written an email to him demanding he fixes this bit of software. <laughs> like right now. Don't do anything else. Fix this bit of software. Like it's, <laughs> he put the beta software on his phone. It's not his, you know what I mean? The other the yeah. developer hasn't had a chance to look at it yet. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, some people are a bit silly that way, but yeah. <laughs> if it's not the most important thing in the world, don't put it on there. You know, if you, yeah. if that phone is the most important thing, or your Mac, or you know, yeah. I'm lucky I've got more than more than one iPad. Yeah, and lets me do things. So. Yeah, but yeah, it's been really good, very stable. Now, now we get to the serious part of the show. Yes, the serious <laughs> part. Uh, Australia hit by state-based cyber attackers. Uh, Prime Minister Scott Morrison said a sophisticated state-based actor had spent months trying to hack all levels of the government political bodies, essential services providers and operators of critical infrastructure and education. We know it is a sophisticated state-based cyber actor. Is that meant to say attacker or actor? actor. Yeah. So I acted because of the scale, sorry, my thing just started shaking again, uh, scale and uh, nature of the, the targeting. Morrison told reporters by declining to say who Australia believes was responsible. Australia Intelligent has flagged uh, similarities between the recent attacks and a cyber attack on Parliament and the three largest uh, political parties in March 2019. For users and businesses, uh, the Australian Cyber Intelligence Agency recommends um, activating systems like two-factor authentication... You should be doing this anyway. Yes. <laughs> uh, two-factor authentication uh, everywhere. Yeah. 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 My opinion. Yeah. We know these slowest, these two-factor authentication stuff. Mm. Everyone goes, oh, it slows me down or, you know. And? Compared to shutting down altogether, it's a small price to pay. It you know really I mean? is. Like, <laughs> I use it on everything I have. And if they hack me, what are they going to get? Like $57 out of my bank account? Yeah, yeah. You know, like, that's all, that's all I'm going to have. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not a rich man by any means. And uh, so, and I still use this stuff because that $57 could come in handy, yeah. you know? And so if someone like me, you know, Joe, you know, Joe blogs off the street is using this sort of security because I understand that I, I can't afford to lose that. Neither can some big business afford to lose millions of dollars because they're not doing this sort of stuff. Yeah, well, some, some university in the States got hacked recently Yep. with um, software that, somehow got into the system which is usually yeah. by phishing or someone you know yeah yeah the boss not the secretary but the boss doing something silly or you know, a yeah a staff member just not following the rules properly 
Yeah. And, you know, it cost them like one and a half million dollars, and it's yeah. not what they paid the ransomware people. That's what it cost to get the full system back up and going really quickly because the university yeah. can't stop for weeks while it That's rebuilds. Right. It's got to rebuild its stuff. So you're paying, you know, yeah. top dollar the for people to work over the weekend for, and stuff. The university can't stop for two days. No. Nah. You know, so, yeah, they have to pay that money to, to fix this. Yeah, so, yeah, please just think about every email you're looking at. Think about, and even yep. like, um, where was I yesterday? And it was bringing up dumb stuff. Um, oh, you got to watch out for even links in Etsy and all this sort yep. of stuff. Um, even Facebook. Karen, Karen had a link the other day and it took her to some porn page, you know. Yeah, like, and it was a you know a link for sure dressmaking or something like. <laughs> um, Etsy. And and it's why, that's the way they get away, you know, because they can't have their own porn websites. Yeah. Yeah, you know, but the black, the black web will say, "I'll oh, go to Etsy page, blah 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 blah," and it'll give you what you're looking for. You know what I mean? Like. Yeah. And that way, someone else is doing all the hosting that doesn't cost them anything. Yeah. And they've just got to keep changing the name every couple of weeks. So yeah. that's the sort of thing that goes on, unfortunately. Unfortunately. Yeah. So what about our show promotion? Show yes. notes link each week on show upload, and the link being this week, aussiemaxzone.com.au forward slash AMZ341. There you'll see right. six weeks of show notes. Uh, email us at Michael Orzan. At aussiemaxzone.com.au. Yeah. Search Spotify search or us, yep. Apple News. Just search yep. for Aussie Max Zone and you'll find stuff there. Yeah, or wherever and whoever you use to get your podcasts. That's right. Thanks to all supporters and our listeners. It's you guys. The most important people to listen. Absolutely. <laughs> or the watchers. Yeah, yep. the watchers. Very, very the important people. Yep. Yep. And over to Zahn for the sign-off. Yep. Thanks again, guys, for watching and listening and, you know, doing your thing while we do our thing. Remember, an apple a day keeps the androids away. See you later.